0: This episode is supported by Vegamore. I'm a month and a half into my Vegamore journey. I don't know if you've ever had a garden and planted seeds, but when that first little growth breaks ground, it's exciting. And on my very head, I can see some new growth in the areas that I've noticed hair thinning before. And it's exciting to see those little babies coming in. I use the shampoo, conditioner, and the grow serum, which have a lovely, mellow, warm citrus smell. I've been consistently using this and it makes my hair feel soft and full. And it's really important to me that I use safe and conscious products whenever I can. And Vegamore is 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore. For a limited time, get 20 off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash mind and use code mind at checkout. That's V E G A M O U R.com slash mind code mind to save 20% on your first order. V E G A M O U R.com slash mind code mind. Welcome to Mom in Mind. I'm perinatal psychologist and host, Dr. Kat. There's more to the story than just postpartum depression, and this podcast aims to share it all, from personal stories and lived experience, to experts who break down the ups and downs of life from getting pregnant, pregnancy, perinatal loss, and postpartum adjustment to parenthood. While this is not psychotherapy or medical advice, it is all of the stuff you ever wanted to know about mental health and new parenthood. Welcome back to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. On our episode today, we are joined by Liz and Natalie of the Golden Hour Birth Podcast. And they describe themselves as two average Midwest moms having authentic conversations around birth stories on their podcast. And they're here to laugh with you and cry with you, hold space while really trying to normalize all the unknowns that have caused you to pivot through the empowering journey of parenthood. And in their podcast, they're really trying to emphasize the importance of sharing birth stories, hearing birth stories, and also finding ways to heal. So let's hear from Liz and Natalie. Welcome, Liz and Natalie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us so much for having us. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear about the work that you're doing and podcasts that you have, especially because, you know, me in the mental health world, I definitely know power of storytelling and hearing other people's experience. So, yeah, I'm interested to know how it's going for you, and what kinds of things people are sharing. About first, Liz, if you can start, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm a mom of two, little ones, very little, two
1: and four. So I'm still in the thick of the toddlerhood part. And Natalie and I are sister-in-law and we started our podcast, what is it now? Almost a year and a half ago. Yeah, And That definitely inspired me to start doula training, which I finished a couple of months ago, doing like the certification and things like that now. And then uh, we just started our course, which is how to process your birth story. So we're working hard on that and just really enjoying meeting amazing people and hearing so many just amazing
0: story. Right. That's awesome. Thanks. And Natalie, how about
2: you? Yeah, I'm Natalie. I'm born and raised in St. Louis. So... My husband, Sam, and I met back in 2010 and then started dating in 2016. And Liz and I met. And right after Sam and I started dating that I was going to go to Australia. So we and Liz bonded over our love for travel. And then sure enough, she got pregnant in 2018 first And we started bonding over our love for birth and pregnancy and all those things. So I feel like I've kind of just been like following in her footsteps (laughs) between (laughs) starting the podcast together. I have two little ones too. I have a two-year-old and a nine-month-old. So everything is just right behind her. (laughs) And we started the podcast together. It was definitely a conversation in 2020, but then we both got pregnant and we were like, ah. We got a lot on our hands right now. We'll put that on a pause. And just kept feeling these creative juices flowing once our kids were a little older and had a conversation and put it together like the next day. So it's been just an amazing experience. Yeah. And then I started doula training last month. So I'll be done here at the end of the
0: year. Wow. Cool. So you guys are in it. You're swimming around in births all the time. Stories and experiences and learning and all of that. It's quite a world for sure. That's great. So what have you guys found, you know, in hearing so many stories, what have you guys found about birth stories that kind of keeps you going? Um, Yeah, I think birth stories are just
1: also different and really got us into birth stories. I feel like was when I started opening up about my postpartum experience and having postpartum anxiety and I started being more open about it and putting it on Instagram and it just so happened that Natalie was like going through the exact same experience that I had previously that I was now open to posting about so I still have the text saved when you were like I just saw your Instagram and I am feeling that and just thank you so much for you know opening up and like Super cool. just you know being vulnerable about that and so that's kind of you know that kind of like the backbone of our podcast is just helping other people not feel alone right and people you know everyone that's come on has said that they feel more free or open <laughs> after telling their experience and that they hope that their experience can help someone else
2: yeah i think my driving force and like what feels so good is like when my friends or Women that we've had on sharing their story. And like the next day, they'll text me or email me and just be like, oh my gosh, like I woke up and I feel lighter. I feel like I've been holding on to a part of this that like I haven't really been able to come to terms with. But just saying it out loud and telling you guys has actually just helped me like kind of like let the little stuff go. And we had my partner on, Sam, on in April which was our first dad. And he even said the next day, he's like, that actually feels like so good. I actually feel like I let all that negative stuff go. And that's the reason I keep
0: doing this and why like we keep going. Yeah, for sure. It is really powerful. I mean, kind of like equal opposite how powerful shame can be silencing, like hearing somebody else's experience and being reflected and that can be so opening and freeing. But I assume you hear this a lot that people just kind of suck it up or, you know, don't feel like they can or should share certain parts of their experience. That's throughout life. But birth, it's real like people assume that it's going to be great. I don't know why. They still do. And sometimes it is. But there's a lot of uh, assumptions. Are you hearing that in the, the birth stories that you guys hear? People feeling they need to keep things quiet on behalf of this kind of like myth of what
2: birth should be? Yes and no, I feel like no because like I think we're at finally a time in society and like we're not gonna silence ourselves. We're not gonna like let society and the norms get the best of us and things like that. And so I know that there's like a ton of people out there like friends of mine and things like that that like don't feel comfortable sharing and that's okay that everyone has their prerogative. but with like the people who want to share and want to like open up that part of their lives, it's like I feel like it's so freeing. And it's just like a way to connect and community, which has really been like the backbone for us. And me and Liz have been open about like us starting medication because that's what we've needed in the time. And like, I'm just so tired of like this whole stigma around like, you have to be quiet about your trauma, be quiet about this, be
0: quiet about that. It's like, No, we're in 2023. I'm not going to be quiet anymore. (laughs) Good. And it's giving other people permission as well. What kind of things are you hearing? What are some themes that come up in birth stories? Yeah, things that you're happy that people are sharing in their story. Yeah, I think a big theme is
1: that you prepare for one thing and then something completely different happens. Mm -hmm. So we're always talking about pivoting and whatever in birth and postpartum. Pregnancy, you know, there's just no like one way that things happen. But in your birth classes, that's what we're learning is that you do this a certain way and then the outcome is this and then you go on and breastfeed and then you bond with your baby and it's just great. You know, even with my first, I prepared so much for my birth that I didn't prepare for postpartum at all (laughs) like because I just thought it would just be normal and great so that's definitely a big theme in the birth stories that we've heard and then another one big one is that a lot of people either didn't realize that they had experienced birth trauma Mm -hmm. until later and then you know that comes up so much in mental health and bonding and just everything and so a lot of people After the fact, like, wow, I did have something traumatic happen or I had postpartum anxiety or depression and they just don't know. And there's just a lot of non-education.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, all good. There's like people aren't informed enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that that's true also. Sometimes it's like assuming that the person who needs the information is going to know what to ask or where to look. You don't know what you don't know. So it would be nice if somebody else was like hey be cool for you guys to know about this but we find out the hard way yeah this episode is supported by ritual i am by nature and nurture a bit skeptical i have to see for myself if something works or if it's helpful before i just believe it whole cloth and i'm open to trying things out to see for myself and that includes finding strategies for my wellness I have historically low vitamin D, so it's important for me to take Ritual's Essential 18 because it has D3 in it, and their clinically-backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has several other high-quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. What I love and have always loved about Ritual is that it's a female-founded company, and it's a B Corp, which means they're holding themselves accountable and not just long-term, but also to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com momandmind. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com momandmind for 25% off. This episode is supported by Hungry Root. I am a creature of habit when it comes to food, like I buy the same stuff in the store and generally make the same stuff over and over. Not really that fun. So in order to shake things up, I use Hungry Root. I can pick a whole meal and they send me what I need to make it, but I will also just let them choose so I don't get into my rut and it paid off. I got the chicken shawarma non flatbread. These are flavors that I wouldn't have thought to put together on my own and they totally work. It was so yummy and so easy to make. And bonus, I also received for free organic roasted chicken breasts that I threw into a salad for another meal. Hungry Root is my partner in healthy and yummy living. Right now, Hungry Root is offering mom and mine listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com cat to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com cat. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you.
2: I think an important thing for me has been a mother's intuition i feel like i've really learned about my intuition and listening to my gut in this past year with the birth of my second child and i'm realizing like how many of the women that we've had on have like had this intuition about either they're like gonna have that birth trauma or just something there's like just something that they just pinpoint and like can feel down in their bones that that they just like already knew and so i think just listening to that and And really harboring and feeling that has just kind of given me a sense of, like, I'm never going to let this go. That, like, sense of... I know my children. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, like, knowing my children. Like, I know my children better than anyone else. And I know what's best for them. And I am I think um, with my first child, I, like, really focused on, like, all these rules of, like, from what I saw on social media. And I, in this second time around, and like, months down the line now, I just finally feel more secure in who I am and who I am as a mother. And I think it was that I've had a, I was told that like, I know my child and I have like my mother's gut, like I have my gut instinct and like, I just need
0: to follow it. Yeah. Yeah. That is important. To your point, it can take some time to develop that. Mm It doesn't always like lock in right away. For a lot of you, it doesn't like you got to first deal with what you just went through. And then figure out what's what. Yeah, not that you don't have intuition, but it's really hard to know what is what. Yes. No. Right during and after birth, for sure. It sounds like you both obviously had your own experiences that have led to, to many things, but being really passionate about birth stories. Would you care to share parts of your birth story, starting with Natalie? Yeah. So I've had two really
2: amazing, positive, empowering births, and. I think my really focus has been on like my postpartum experiences, although like while in the moment I didn't think that they were bad, but actually like being able to be outside of them now, I'm like, oh, that was hard. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I played a birth center birth with my son in 2021 and everything went according to plan, but I did have intense back labor because of his positioning and being sunny side up. I was also like on the verge of preeclampsia, so I was like kind of teetering on this wall of like being induced or letting it go. But I did progress and was able to go into labor naturally and went to the birth center. And yeah, he was just like in not good positioning. And so my back labor was like killing me and I was not having any fun. And so I went upstairs and got the epidural and had a great time then. And then just postpartum kind of going back to like what Liz, Liz put out on Mother's Day of 2021 that she was experiencing some postpartum anxiety after her first. And and i knew that she was having a hard time but i never really knew the depth of it and so her her seeing her post i texted her like your instagram is exactly how i'm feeling and i was able to kind of get out of like the fog because my husband and liz were like so supportive yeah i had a really good support team and then i had a lot of anxiety and depression when i was pregnant with my daughter back in 2022 that was a really hard dark time for me um, a lot of just factors, external factors that were out of my control. And then my labor and birth were absolutely amazing. And then I just, she was born in January of this year and I thought things were going really well. And then it just slowly just got worse and worse. She wasn't taking a bottle. We were experiencing like a lip tie and tongue tie and I was taking her to multiple doctor's appointments just trying to figure out what was going on, chiropractor appointments. And she was just kind of like a really fussy baby. And so now I'm nine months out of line. I've stopped breastfeeding. She is absolutely thriving. And now I'm able to see how dark that postpartum time was. And I've not been on medication and life is just so much better. And I finally feel like I'm bonding with her and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I just love her more than anything. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's quite a process. And I, I appreciate also that you're open to sharing about medication because as you've probably heard, there's a lot of stigma around it. And on the other side of that stigma, there can be just like incredible relief. It's like, you know, it's medicine. That's what it's supposed to do. Ideally. Yeah. And I've been seeing a
2: therapist. So like right. it's a it's a double.
0: <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. The jam combo <laughs> is that the best. Yes. It is really hard to see what's going on when you're in it and just how bad it can be or how bad it's really going. Which is tricky. Yeah. Like you you think I'm just gonna put one foot in front of the other and and you do. Man, it takes a toll. Just like the time, the amount of time that you do that also takes its own toll. Could go on for a long time. I'm glad it didn't last too too long. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really thinking about that
1: next feed or that next night. Mm-hmm. You know, am I going to get
0: sleep tonight or yeah, <laughs> the nights? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, the nights. Uh, yeah, for you, Liz. What was your experiences like?
1: Yeah. So I got pregnant in 2018, and then I decided I wanted to do a birth center birth. I just don't like needles, so I was like a little afraid of the epidural, Mm -hmm. so I really, really researched about the birth center, and I loved the midwives that were there, so I felt really prepared for my birth. I went into labor spontaneously. I had had some high blood pressure issues, but nothing of concern that I needed to be induced or anything, so I went into labor and then had labored really well. I was in the tub and on the toilet, all the fun places and ended up my blood pressure was rising during my birth. So the midwives, you know, I don't want to say rushed me, but they were basically saying if baby's not out in the next, you know, 15 minutes, we're going to transfer you upstairs. And at that time, I didn't tour the hospital. They're attached, but not in the same floor. And to me, like going upstairs was like something horrible. It's going to happen, which now I'm like, oh, they were just going to monitor extra, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the time it was like, OK, well, I'm going to push this baby out right now. <laughs> so I did. And then I started to hemorrhage and my placenta wasn't coming out like it should. And it was like, I guess, 30 minutes of like heavy, heavy clots, you know, coming out. And I didn't know what was going on. I was, just, you know, having... Arthur on my chest and we kind of in that bliss. But then they were like, oh, like we need to transfer you upstairs. So they have an elevator that like drops down and, you know, they had me get on the stretcher, I guess. And then I just remember the elevator ride being very,
0: I felt very out of control and frightened because I just didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I don't know if this is true for you, but sometimes people aren't being told what's going on when that adds to it, you know, they're doing what they need to do, but which is great and fine, wonderful, do what you need to do. But when you don't have someone translating it for you, it feels like really like you're alone in it and not having information is can be disempowering. Yeah, it was very quick, you know. So my birth was very slow
1: and dark and I had music and like it was we were just, it was just me and Arthur, or not, you know, Arthur, me and Jason for a lot of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of people. It's bright. And I'm just like, what this went on? So mm-hmm. they had to have the doctor on call come and hand deliver my placenta, which was like more painful than the birth. Yeah. And they gave me morphine for it, which made me feel way out of control. Like so loopy. Yep. I couldn't even hold my baby it was just like yeah at the time you know i'm just kind of unaware of what was going on but like looking back i'm like oh my that was scary like i was scared so recovery was tough because i had lost so much blood my milk wasn't coming in i was just weak like i couldn't
0: i felt like i couldn't leave the bed i mean probably couldn't really yeah you could have if you had to like when you're like weak like that yeah, less and I just remember my doula coming
1: over like two days after and was like, Did they not like give you any supplements to take or iron? And I was like, No, they just kinda sent us home. I didn't I don't know. So then I started on all these supplements and breastfeeding was just very hard. I just my milk just really never came in. And being in that environment for nine months of being surrounded by midwives and you know Going that natural route, I was, like, not against formula, but they pushed the breast so much mm-hmm. that it wasn't, like, even considered, like, oh, I could just use formula.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we went to our um, pediatrician. She was just like, oh, you need formula. Like, mm-hmm. this baby is not doing well. And, you know, we just, it was just like they kept, you know, you keep hearing just put them at the breast, and it'll all work out. Whatever. Now I'm just like, bed. That is best.
0: And right. yeah, it's a really good. So, you know, yeah. sure. And if even when everything goes how you want it to, and there are other medical issues or uh, whatever, for some people it still doesn't come in. Mm-hmm. However, if there's a loss of blood, your body is like, okay, our primary mission here is to make blood and recover. And for a lot of people, that loss of blood really prevents prevents milk from coming in. Yeah. It has like a real impact. Which I yeah, I didn't know at the time. Or
1: else yeah, I would have just been like, yeah, formulas. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Postpartum was just really tough. I got very obsessed with pumping. Mm-hmm. I ended up exclusively pumping. We did supplement with formula, but I was like still very diehard about i want him to get as much breast milk as i can so i would track everything and write everything down so i was tracking how many ounces i was pumping i was tracking how many ounces he was eating it was just like so much i had like a little notebook and when again like Natalie said when you're in it you don't realize that that's not the best thing you should be doing (laughs) you know i wasn't bonding i wasn't enjoying feeding my baby Even you can bond just the same with a bottle as you can with breastfeeding. And I wasn't doing that because I was so focused on milk and everything.
0: This episode is supported by Factor. Eating better is better with ready-to-eat Factor meals. And ready-to-eat means pop it in the microwave for two minutes and done. I mix in a few of these meals into my rotation for the days that we're on the run or that I don't want to make anything. I chose the high protein and calorie smart options, one of which is the mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice with garlic roasted green beans. This is restaurant quality and so tasty. I can adjust how many meals I get in my order as much or as little as I need every week. Plus, I can pause or reschedule my deliveries anytime, which comes in really handy for our busy schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash momandmind50 and and use code momandmind50 to get 50% off. That's code momandmind50 at factormeals.com slash momandmind50 to get 50% off. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. And for a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code MIND when you check out at oneskin.co. Well, I've kept up my mini resolution of taking better care of my skin after consistently using one skin for several weeks and all is going well. I can't see what's going on at a cellular level, but I can tell you that my skin feels soft and healthy. But they did do some cool research that looked at before and after exposure of the OS1 peptide to skin cells, and the OneSkin scientists found that the peptide reverses skin's biological age. And you can even see that study by Zonari A. et al. in the NPJ Aging Journal. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code MIND at Oneskin.co. That's 15% off Oneskin.co with code MIND. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. New year, healthier skin. That's Oneskin. I think in some ways, like the bonding and stuff is, I wouldn't say it's a luxury. It's, It's a necessity, however. When survival is the first job, like for for you, if you've been through something like that, and then a doctor's like, this baby's not doing well, like those are, that really lights up something in you to get hyper-focused on making sure everything's okay. And then bonding comes. Let's do it. Yeah. So in a sense, you would be anxious. Yeah. And
1: I didn't realize it, you know, I just thought that that's what being a mom was. It's just being hyper-vigilant. (laughs) Twenty four seven. So when I went back to work and Arthur went to daycare, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is real life." <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're like out of it, mm-hmm. being away from him. Like I wasn't like missing him, which is sad, you know. And it was like, "Oh, I can not be anxious when I'm right. at work." So that's when I really realized that you know I had postpartum anxiety, and I started going to a therapist, which helps a lot even just like saying to jason and you know my friends and stuff like i have postpartum diabetes. like mm-hmm. just that it's like a weight is
0: lifted mm-hmm. like i don't i'm not gonna feel like this forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know right yeah and it does don't know about you for you natalie maybe too it does feel like you're going to be in it forever like it just doesn't maybe theoretically you can know that it'll it'll be different at some point but that the emotional part of it it's so overwhelming and so heavy it's it feels hard to even imagine that this that part of your journey will end and you'll feel back to yourself mm-hmm. yeah and you're like this is my new normal yeah, that, sucks. <laughs> yeah that, was, that was really really hard thank you for sharing that
1: yeah and with my second i did have some pregnancy like depression i couldn't birth at the birthing center so it was just like a whole thing but that my birth with my daughter was definitely it was so healing just so different my postpartum experience was like a 180 it was i did formula from the get-go first day in the hospital i told the nurse like bring me (laughs) formula i still calmed, but you know i wasn't focused on that
0: so yeah it's amazing how much i mean in the span of time the length of your the actual birth experience isn't like that much time time like where it can go on for days but the amount of impact that it has on you and on anybody in, is a pretty big Deal. It's like it's it's a big event. Yeah, I can yeah, or have a negative impact. Yeah, not all the time, but sure can.
1: It was like similar to a lot of birth stories we hear now. I didn't realize I had birth trauma until I started really talking about my birth story, digging into it, and realizing that transfer that moment where I felt out of control in my postpartum. You know, me trying to control everything is like such a direct you know relations that,
0: yeah yeah for sure
2: um, yeah you're nodding natalie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean just being with liz and seeing like the progression of you know i remember her notebook mm-hmm. i remember watching her and i'm thinking is this what it's like mm-hmm. and then i remember getting like a track myself and i never wrote anything down because i never i didn't like no, that like if that was like a thing but I remember seeing that and so yeah I think like watching like Liz these past few years kind of understanding like what happened and her sharing and being so vulnerable in those moments I've just like seen her like overcome and like really process her birth because I wasn't there all I the news I got was like she lost a lot of blood and so now knowing like the extent I'm just like so proud of her and being able to process it and then now help women because she's you know, really focusing on like postpartum doula work. And so I just, I'm excited for what she's going to do. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. How is it for you guys, you know, having obviously had your own birth experiences, hearing other people talk about their experiences as well? I guess, especially if it has any similarities to your own, is it, my real question is like, does it continue to feel healing to you to heal, to hear other people's experiences if they're similar to yours or, or even if they're not.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. for me, knowing that what we're putting out there is going to help other people is healing, you know, as a story, I don't know, as listen, a story listener, I guess. We hold space in the moment for whoever, you know, we're interviewing at the time and connect, you know, pretty deeply with people in yeah. that moment. So, yeah, I mean,
0: I don't think it's not, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. I mean, you used a a word that I also want to follow up on. I know that community is a and building a community is part of what you guys are doing and, and wanting to do. And in what ways do you find that community is happening? Or in what ways are you shaping a community of support?
2: Yeah. So recently, we just had like a first little like happy hour with some St. Louis natives. So that's been really fun. It was kind of a collection of like people we've had on the birth podcast. And then we also like partnered with like a local St. Louis mom here who was on the podcast. So we just like had women like just all together, like at a bar, like because moms need support even like after the birth. Boy, do moms need their village. Like I have a shirt that literally said it takes a village. And so that's been amazing. And then we have like a Facebook group called the Golden Hour Birth Circle. So really creating the community there of just like fun questions throughout the day and posting the episodes. And I mean, it still has its room for growth, but hopefully people can like share their own experiences and like reach out for questions and things like that. We have high hopes for it. (laughs) And then obviously like with our processing your birth and things, we like hope to make it a little in-person For St. Louis natives. I wish people could just like, you know, come on in from everywhere that we've had listeners on and guests on. But yeah, it's really been fun. Like we had. This woman from Virginia sharing her birth story, and like, I honestly feels like she's a friend of mine. And Liz, I'm sure you can say the same. It just feels like once they're on, it's like we can have it like on each other's Instagram stories. And, you know, if I'm ever out in Virginia, which like, I don't know why I would be, but if I'm ever out that way, I'm going to tell her and we're going to get together
0: <laughs> and have a drink. <laughs> I mean, it is a great way to, to be connected and to bond. Because, I mean, you're sharing something really, for some people, very intimate and very Personal, And once you've kind of crossed that barrier and you're sharing those kinds of things with each other, for sure, you can feel really connected and be really connected. Yeah. Uh, So you guys are also supporting a lot of people who access you wherever by starting an online course. Can you say a little bit about that? Yeah.
1: So, you know, through the podcast and through our own kind of processing of our birth stories, we found that it healed us a lot and empowered us you know we're very open about our stories and so that's in our own way that's empowering so you know our hope was to help other people process their their stories to be empowered healing healed, and just more connected to others and whatever that looks like for them you know we're not there's no end goal that we're saying by taking this course you're gonna i don't know being to deal birth trauma. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> like, you know, everyone's journey is so different. But through the course, you know, we hope to help people reflect on their own story. Like I said, with my own story, I didn't realize that I had, that that moment of feeling helpless, like really impacted me until I really dug into my own story. And then just kind of reinterpreting that, reinterpreting your story, you know, to kind of reclaim your own narrative instead of saying, you know, my, you know, reframing your own narratives and then just different, you know, we want to bring together different, you know, healing techniques uh, and moving forward and it'll have different aspects of, um, you know, guided meditations, journaling, sharing, you know, we hope to have in-person and online birth circles where we can connect with other people and kind of hear each other's stories and then just sharing a lot of resources. I think that's going to be a big theme
0: of ours. Yeah. And making sure people have the stuff you wish you would have had.
2: Yeah. And really just like taking a moment to like make sense of what happened. Like for instance, you know, having that out of control feeling that Liz felt in that moment carried on to her postpartum experience. And I think in postpartum, you're making sense of like your birth, like, what happened and you're really like focusing on that part. Because for me, it was like, oh, a week ago. And you can like really like hold on to like the little things that happened. And so just kind of making sense of the experience as a whole. And just birth is like such a crazy moment. You know, you're literally you grew this human and now you're gonna like, (laughs) you know, put it out into the world and just like having, having those moments of understanding what happened and being able to like pick out the good parts and remember the good parts and maybe just make sense of the parts that weren't planned and that you didn't plan for and you didn't want but just being okay with those moments that did happen and a lot of a lot of my thinking was
1: oh if i had done this differently or you know you get a lot of guilt or self-blame when you are thinking about what happened so definitely you know addressing that as well yeah just being very vulnerable and it just can help so much just addressing all of those feelings that come up
0: yeah for sure And there are not a lot of spaces where people can share uh, their experience or all of it or attend to the emotional parts of it especially in the busyness of having A new baby or going through whatever other complications postpartum, it's hard to settle in and really think about stuff. So,
1: yeah. And the course is going to be pretty simple. You know, it's not like you have to sit here for an hour and listen to me and
0: Natalie talk. It's a lot of self guided work. That's great. Well, thank you so much for the work that you're doing, creating a space for people to tell their birth stories and coming on here to share what you're doing and sharing your story as well. It's awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Please find more about Liz and Natalie on the golden hour birth podcast.com. You can also find them on Instagram, golden hour birth podcast, and Facebook, the golden hour birth podcast. And please do also go to wellmindperinatal.com slash courses to find out more about the courses that I offer for people who are really trying to understand their emotional postpartum experience. And to figure out if you yourself are dealing with a perinatal mood or anxiety disorder, the course goes over some questions you can think about and also uh, tips and tricks and tools on how to cope. And then additionally, most importantly, how to find the resources you need for healing. Thank you so much for being with us until next time. Please find the Mom and Mind podcast on momandmind.com or wellmindperinatal.com where you can also find access to my free online mini course that is specifically designed for people experiencing anxiety in the postpartum period. Or you can learn more about the three and a half hour self-paced course that I created just for managing postpartum stress. You can also connect with us on social media at Mom and Mind on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in and learning more about perinatal mental health.
3: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above,